Could you just do an ID? Yeah, which is uh, hey everybody, this is David Irvine. My last name is actually Irvin, but Irvin. Yeah, it's oh totally fine. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's totally fine. But it's it's spelt. Yeah, I know it's it's uh it's it's spelt. But I'm gonna say Irvin, and then it's gonna be really funny that it's oh Irvine. Oh my god. This episode of Wakefield Sessions as part of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast is brought to you by Nicosi Bistro Pub, French cuisine infused with indigenous ingredients. The newest addition to the Wakefield culinary scene, located at 721 Riverside Drive in the heart of the village. Go to NicosiBistroPub.com for more. And this episode is also brought to you by Danny Sivier, chartered real estate broker with Remax. Located downtown Wakefield with over 30 years of experience, Danny Sivier, a realtor you can trust. Go to udawayhomes.com for more information. And lastly, Wakefield Sessions this week is also brought to you by Cafe 1870, located at 715 Riverside Drive. Your home away from home in the Gatineau Hills, and also home of the legendary open stage music nights every Wednesday from 9 p.m. And now, on to the show. It's Thursday, September 28th. And you're listening to a brand new episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. On today's episode, Wakefield Session continues. We're nearing the end of week four, going into a bonus week five and potential week six. And my guest today, photographer and uh, just all around, all around great guy and super talent, uh, David Irvin is my guest, not Irvine, Irvin is my guest. We, uh, again, go deep. That's what we do here. We go deep. And it all starts now. Here it is. Welcome to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. Oh, shit. Here we are. That's right. Coming at you from Lemon Press Studios in the Gadno Hills. Hi, 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 hi. Very, very matter of fact, hi, hi, hi. Hello, hello, hello. What, what about hello instead of hey? Hello, hello, hello. Nah, it's too whiny. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Thanks for tuning in. Wakefield Sessions continues today with my guest, David Irvin, which, by the way, I called David Irvine through the whole interview and through everything, and then only at the end did I realize when he did his bumper and he said, you're listening to the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast. This is David Irvin. And I actually thought for a second, oh, he said it wrong. He said his name wrong. He di- he didn't. What's the matter with the guy? Should I should I teach him how to say his name? He's only had it for his whole his whole life. I felt embarrassed for him for a minute. Thought, geez, 
This whole time he's had his name wrong? Oh, I'm the one to break it to him. It's Irvine. Then he told me no. It's Irvin. And then I was red in the face. Waste of time. Felt like a dickhead. Come on. Waste of time. Felt like a douche nugget. Come on. Got his name wrong. All right. For the whole interview. David Irvin. Photographer extraordinaire. Super talented. Motherfucker. Look him up. Go to David Irvin photographer.com spelt Irvine but pronounced Irvin <laughs> uh, I'm sorry David if you're listening to this it's David Irvin he's my guest and talk about talent again Wakefield Sessions this has been the theme just people just owning what they do and this guy is the real deal through and through and it's he's one of those guys you look at his work without knowing it's him and you go oh yeah that's a that's a David. Ir- that's a David Irvin. I almost said Irvine again. Shit! What's wrong with me? Irvin, David Irvin is my guest. That's how you say it, and that's the right way to do it. Oh shit! The weather's finally turned. It's cold, appropriately so. Yeah. Anyway, we're back to uh, normal temperatures around here, around these parts. Oh, around these laid-back parts that I now call home. But it's so laid-back here. And when you're not used to it, it can be quite uh, shocking. I've talked about this before, but, uh, you know, certain times or, or situations you're in, you realize, oh, my God, I'm in a small town, like Tabs. Here, in a big city, you open a tab. They need They need a credit card, your SIN number, birth certificate, urine sample. It's a big deal. Here, here you open a tab. They're like, uh, I got you. Uh, you know, you go to a bar, get a drink. Do you want a tab with that? Do you want to put that on a tab? Sure, put it on my tab. All right. Do you need anything? No, no, I'm good. Do you, do you need like my license or, or my credit card? or? No, no, I've got your shirt color. It's all good. Blue shirt. You're, you're down in the books. It's such. It's like an honor system. There, there is actually an honor system. It's still alive in these parts. You go to there's local farms, and you go and there's like a veggie stand, fruits and veggies and eggs that were laid that morning, fresh, awesome food that you people in cities go to Whole Foods and pay crazy prices for. Here, it's just there's nobody tending the stand. There's just a box. It says, "Hey, uh, leave, leave some money, and take your stuff." So I've been stealing so many fruits and veggies, free range, non-GMO. It's amazing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be me. I'd be the one guy to fuck the whole system up. Next thing you know, they only take, they only take, uh, they have an iPad with a square. Someone, someone taking orders at the uh, farm because of me. But it is. I mean, sometimes I think it's it's something to do with cities. I don't know, like big groups of people. For some reason, you go into places where it's small population and it's all good. People just trust each other. People, it's still like old kind of way of life. But there's something about as soon as there's millions of people, you go, hey, look at all the people. Let's steal shit. 
let's break everything. I mean, why do we need to be nice? Let's we're officially able to be assholes now, and no one will really judge us specifically because there's a million other of me, us. What? Do you know what I'm saying? Is this making any sense? Sometimes it is getting too much out of hand, like for the for the like the procedure. Like, okay, I I needed to update my passport, so. I go through the whole process to renew my passport and, you know, you have to get the references, you have to get everything and so I get it and I get a, I get it expedited so I pay extra or whatever, I needed it quick. So I go and um, I go pick it up, it was in Ottawa, I went to Ottawa to make sure that I could get it quick. You could go through the mail but I thought if I, you go to the office you can get it like extra fast and I needed it. So I go to um, to the place and I park my car, and I'm borderline illegally parked. I have like four minutes until you can't park on that side of the street anymore, which should have been my, you know, you don't do anything bureaucratic with a four-minute window. So I go to get my passport, and I leave my wallet in the car, everything. The car is basically almost still running. I put the hazards on, like, I'm, you know, which the hazards is the very passive-aggressive way of being like, please don't tell me. I'll be right back. Look at it. I put the hazards on. I can't be that long with the hazards on. And uh, so I run inside. I go to get my passport. And the guy, uh, I'm in line. Next. And you can kind of skip the line if you if it's just a pickup. So go, hey, uh, hey I'm uh, here. I'm, I'm frantic because, again, I'm, it's, I'm a minute away from being illegally parked. Uh, I, I just need to, I'm picking up my passport. I see, I can actually see it behind. There's like a clear kind of Rubbermaid sort of container with a bunch of things. And mine is right there in the front. Boom, I can see it. It's open because when you, the, the, your passport is processed or whatever, when you're ready to, it's like in a clear plastic envelope and it's open to the picture place and it's kind of like held on a piece of paper or something. Anyway, so I can see it. I'm like, oh, it's right there. And the guy actually says to me, can, can I see some ID? I'm like, well, it's right. It's directly behind you. Oh, look! Look over your left shoulder. There's my ID right there. It's like no, I know, I I know, but I need to see some ID to make sure it's you. And I'm like, but okay, no, it's in the car, but and the car's running. I'm now illegally parked officially. I just need to grab it. I'll sign whatever, but that's my ID is right there. And the guy's like, I'm so sorry, I can't give it to you without ID. I'm like, but that's my ID. It's right there. It's over your, sh look over your fucking, he's not even turning around. He's not even giving me the, the, you know, the time of day. He's like, I'm, I, I get what you're saying. And that's the thing. That's the worst too when people, it's, it's clearly a situation where you're upset, but they're doing that fake nice shit. I'm so, I'm so sorry, sir, but you're going to have to get some ID. I'm like, I had to, I had, you, you called references. I had to show you all my other ideas to get this government official ID. And now you want ID to get my ID? How does that work? Yeah, it's, I know it doesn't make sense, but I need to see some ID. So if I had ID, okay, I show you my license, pow, healthcare card, boom. You give me my passport. I could then, Throw away my license and my my healthcare card in the garbage. Throw about a dollar thirty-seven of gas on it. Light that fucker on fire. Burn it. It's gone, and I could use 
the one you're about to give me, the government issued one that I had to jump through so many hoops to get, I could use that as my ID. If I should, yes. But until I see another form of ID, even though we verified that ID to get this ID that's over my left fucking shoulder, I can't give you... You're right. So sometimes it's a little too... Like, I understand rules and regulations, whatever, but can you not just step aside from that, step out of it for a minute and go, you know what, actually, I can see if I pivot my head, oh yeah, that's that guy, that guy that's illegally parked and frustrated with me right now that's standing in front of me that's clearly him in a plastic bag i can see everything why 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 not bend a little bit why does that have to be so strict anyway naturally i was seething i left there and found another parking then went back in and oh my god finally got my id anyway so just uh, the whole lesson there's loosen loosen the fuck up people chill be chill, and you do you. Okay, let's get to my guest today. This is a really good interview. I loved it. We take a few breaks during the interview. First of all, I got his name wrong for the whole the whole thing. David Irvine. No, it's not. That's not his name. David Irvin. I was told, and I still think he might have it wrong. But we stopped a couple times because there's like a monsoon when when we're doing the interview. So there's a couple breaks. And there we take a few uh, intermissions. I mean, to you, it's just going to be a blip, but to us, it was pretty funny. At one point, it kind of sounds like static or something, but just keep in mind that that's, it's, what you're hearing is wind and rain. And, uh, man, this was fun, fun chat, fun guy, super talented artist. Go find him, David Irvin, photographer.com. So enjoy now my chat with the one, the only, David Irvin. You and me just like the flowers laughing all day long people i need to lose sing a little song then take a shower julian dion comedy And yes, like I mentioned off the top, this episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast, Wakefield Sessions, is brought to you by Wakefield's own Nicosi Bistro Pub, the newest addition to the Wakefield culinary scene. Oh man, this place, they hit it all. They hit atmosphere, they hit the service, they hit the food right out of the park. Creative drinks, authentic food, and an authentic experience. Whether you're sitting on one of their covered bridge benches, I'm telling you, these people are Wakefield through and through. Enjoying some pulled duck sliders and their woodsy atmosphere, this place is very much a part of Wakefield. The food is both comforting and creative at the same time. Their Nicosi poutine, arguably one of the best in the area with hand-cut fries, duck confit, cheese curds, and green peppercorn gravy. I'm hungry just thinking about it, just talking about it right now. Nicosi is a restaurant that really tries to make everyone feel comfortable and welcome. Bring your kids, bring everybody. Come on down to Nicosi 721 Riverside Drive in Wakefield. And right now they're making big preparations for Thanksgiving weekend just around the corner. So call today, make some reservations, whether it's for Thanksgiving or your holiday parties. That's right, it's that time of year. you got to start thinking of Christmas and New Year's and all that good stuff. Call 819-459-3773 for reservations. Or go check out their menus at nicosibistropub.com. Podcast. All right, here we are. Wakefield Sessions continues again today. In fact, we added a fifth week because this place, this, that's how much talent is teeming. Is teeming a word? Did I just use that properly? It's a word. I don't know if it's proper <laughs> or not, but yeah. This place is teeming with talent. I don't, yeah, it doesn't sound right. 
maybe oozing 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 with oozing talent. is a good word uh sexual borderline no not really all right and uh wakefield sessions continues today what that is for first-time listeners repetitive may it seem to others but it's uh, my way to introduce wakefield to the world this is where i live i've talked about wakefield so many times before leading up to living here that uh this is my way to show what's up what's happening in these in these hills in these parts and uh, for locals, it's your chance to really, really get to know uh, 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 the, the people that I interview. Uh, interview That was really French. Sometimes my French accent comes out. Maybe it's the, the Boreal. But uh, my guest today, I'm super excited to interview this guy. This Fuck. He's the real deal. And what he does is kind of, uh, it's kind of a rite of passage around these parts. If you're not pictured next to that iconic red chair, you're nobody around here. <laughs> David Irvine is my guest. How are you doing, brother? I'm very well. How are you? I'm good. I'm Thank good. you for doing good. the podcast, first of all. Thank you for asking. Hey, man, my pleasure. I wanted to have you on, and also your name came up uh, more than a few times. And as I was telling you off mic, that's kind of... Uh, I listened to the people, man. And the people spoke. The people are awesome. They said, get D.I. <laughs> Did people call you D.I.? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not going to stick. I'll try. I'm going to try to make that stick. D. Yeah, sure. I've never had a nickname, so... No. Yeah. There you go. D. Well, somebody I. called me Big Dave once. Big Dave. And, yeah. It only stuck for a year, so... Big D. No, yeah. that's... I don't know. That's... That's sexual. Big D. Big D. Huh. Your old Big D. Your old Big D. Yeah. By the way, you said that you don't like your voice. Do you I hate it. Voice? You have I a fucking it. awesome radio voice. Oh, my God. I wish I had your voice. Mine mm. is like, hey, hey, everybody, welcome. And you're like, yeah, yeah, big D's oh, in the God. house. No, I don't know. I, maybe I'm trying too hard. I don't know. No, just let loose. Just let loose? Just let her go. Let her go. By the way, uh, yes. David Irvine, you're a talented motherfucker. Why, thank you. I, uh, I mean, I know I've known of your work just basically on social media and mutual friends posting their kind of stuff. But today... In the effort to do research, and I never do research, but I thought I would go on your website, and holy shit. Really, eh? That's yeah, awesome. man. Real deal. Thank you very much. Artist. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. It's funny, because um, I've been getting that, uh, getting that a lot recently, the artist, which I've always kind of been uh, adamantly against. Really? Why do you resist yeah. the word artist? Do I you think, create things out of nothing? I, up well, for interpretation? Up for interpretation, yeah. But, well... I think I've been so adamantly against the the word or the the phrase artist because um, you know for a lot of years I've met a lot of artists I don't necessarily like, you know, <laughs> right, right. <clears throat> which sounds really shitty, but um, it can be a thing, you know. I I, I wouldn't say yeah, but you could be one of those artists that you like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's happening actually. Yeah. I think yeah, or you hear something enough and you just start to believe it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I. Uh, some some and I'm I'm talking like over years and years and years yeah. right I, I I don't necessarily associate artist with um not something that I don't want to be associated with but uh, there've been some pretty wacky people I've met over the years and some people that I'm unable to have a conversation with right. and who are like I'm an artist and you know blah 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 you know and it's just I've always tried to go my own way I think so well there's a saying uh hold on I don't want to butcher it the title doesn't make the man. The man makes the title. Does that make sense? It's usually it reserved familiar. for middle yeah. management, but it applies yeah. here because <laughs> whether you like it or not, but, but some people do take that, that term a little too much, like too far. Yeah. They're like, oh, I put these, um, I don't know, these uh, fucking 
painted bottle caps in a mason jar and hung it off my tree. I'm an artist. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Which, arguably, you could say that still is art. But, yeah, some people do just cling on to that a little too much. Mm-hmm. I get it. And you're, if you're one of those people, you can fuck right off right now. <laughs> if you're listening to this, stop. No, yeah, don't stop. I need you. Yeah. We, we need you. Keep the numbers going. <laughs> yeah, it's all about numbers. Uh, um, but I agree. You know, art is art. For sure, there's. I, I don't disagree with that, um, but I think art is art is different than being an artist for sure. Right. But uh, I'm I'm only recently coming to terms with that because just uh, two days ago, as you know, I'm a bartender as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, just two days ago, actually, what's today? Wednesday. Yeah. So it was yep. mon- It was Monday. Okay. And uh, some lady comes into the cafe there and is ordering tacos to go, and she's got her little eleven year old daughter and. Uh, there's another uh, person there talking to me about photography, about what I do and which happens a lot. And, uh, she starts showing this lady that's waiting for tacos, my website. And I think what I'm really coming to terms with the, the, the word artist is that this 11 year old girl sitting at the corner, she's like, I like those. They're very artistic. And oh yeah. There you go. I was like, holy crap. That's that's pretty fantastic. And for, her to, I mean, for her to say that, I mean, what does she know, really? She doesn't have this weird, skewed oh. idea of art or isn't yeah, trying exactly. to yeah. push that word, shove it down someone's throat for, for just the status of it. She, she's exactly. just like yeah. acting on impulse. She, just, she just knows what, uh, what looks good to her face. Yeah. You know, and that's... Uh, There's a woman upside down in a door frame, topless. Did, did yeah. the mom, did that come up? <laughs> I think that's on a different page, but yeah. I, well, I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah, she is upside down, topless, isn't she? Yeah. If there are any 11-year-old boys listening to this, you can go beat up that. Because I know at 11, you just look for anything. Go yeah. to davidirvinephotographer.com. Oh, <laughs> my on. goodness. Not just a guy with a camera, that's for sure. I'm just gonna turn, I, I hope I turn that off. A ceiling fan. I, 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 I have this weird thing where any little noise bothers me. Oh, that's better. Was it? How about this noise? Oh, that's always welcome. Cheers, by the way. Hey, cheers. Here's, here's thanks, to you. Thanks for having me out today. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for uh, doing it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, Where were we? Yeah. We were just uh, discussing the art thing. I was saying that yeah. uh, you're super talented. You have a unique, you. and you, there's like this common thread thread through all your pictures. It's like this kind of like, and this is a compliment. If someone was to see, if someone knew your work and was to see a random print somewhere, they would go, "Yep, that's a David Irvine." Is that something you aim for? Or is that just kind of happen? <clears throat> um, I think I think actually, um, it is something I go for. Uh, for two reasons. One, you'd like to be identified by, you know, not by standing beside your picture and saying, this is mine. But the work. You'd like to, for people to see it. Um, and it, but it, it happened more naturally because, you know, just over time, your, your, your style is developed from, or mine at least was developed from what I had access to, which was basically a camera and one lens. And, you know, and I, that's where it comes, comes from. Is, is there a lot of um, things you do in post that you do to almost every picture to get a certain look or is it the camera and the lighting in the moment um with the with the red chair portrait specifically um it was, it was actually a, a really big time for me for photoshop is that's the least photoshop i've ever done is that right yeah um in the studio there every single scenario at any time of the day like the lighting is such that you know this is going to happen or this is going to be the result so um, what happened is I was so efficient with the, the pictures that were, were coming out. Sorry. Um, I was so efficient with it that, um, 
uh, it really became it became inexpensive. Yeah. Minimal time input. I didn't have to do a lot of post processing with it. Um, and why you know, why would you, did that happen with the red chair sessions? Do you think? Because I really started to, myself personally. I was really falling in love with um, not not the pictures themselves, but just the same thing every time and the only difference being the person that was actually in the picture got it yeah so everything else um well i guess a better way to say it is i, I wasn't worried about how to take the photograph i knew i could do that every time no matter what right and um yeah it just it just became about like from a photoshop perspective like removing a zit that showed up that morning, yeah yeah little you know, blemishes and, or whatever. Yeah, little blemishes but what about but everything stayed the same what, is there a lot of natural light haven't been to your studio yeah. so but what yeah. if you shoot someone at a different time of day or it's an overcast or sunny day yeah, then it, do you have to adjust some stuff in photoshop or you just go with it no you just kind of go with it yeah. so not to get too technical with it sure there's there could be like noise reduction or something after that you have to do because you're shooting at a higher iso blah whatever but to get too technical about it um what happened very quickly is that if it was overcast i knew i would be shooting this way and okay if it was uh, you know if it was bright sun i would have to do this you know so the people that show up the results and you can see them in the prints they're they're always a little different depending on what kind of light was coming through there right like i don't I don't shoot with uh, commercial. I don't shoot with flash in that situation. I don't. Uh, you know, there's no artificial light. There's nothing. It's just the just the backdrop, the chair, and the person. And is natural light natural. best? All um, over studio lights or whatever. I, that's a, that's an interesting question. I wouldn't necessarily say it's best. Myself personally, I prefer natural light over over flash. But that again goes back to just how I've been shooting for yeah. years and years and years. I never had you know, $10,000 to spend on studio equipment. I never had, you know, I, quite frankly, I just didn't give a fuck about it. Yeah. You know, I was, I was like, this is what I have. This is what I'm going to do. And let's go with it and see what I can do. And within the natural light, is there, um, is like overcast better than, than sunny? No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's one yeah, thing you sure. wouldn't think like on paper, yeah, you'd think, yeah. oh, you want sun, like the brighter, the better, but it's overcast is better. Yeah. In in the studio even it's you know outside for sure cuz you don't get the squinting and yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I'd like to rid the world of as many squints as I possibly can. <laughs> so, you know, it's um a squint free <laughs> world. A squint free world. And <laughs> smiles and fake smiles. I fucking hate make oh, fake yeah. smiles. Everybody always everybody that comes, "Oh, should I smile? Should I smile?" And I'm like, "You know what? If it's natural, sure." Yeah. But please don't force smile cuz I fucking hate it. And It is painful to know, see. It's kind of like this <clears> podcast. <throat> And I talk about it a lot because people get tripped up on the word, because uh, the name of the podcast, the Julian Dion Comedy Hour Podcast. Right. The only true part of that is the Julian Dion part, like the accurate part. The comedy part, whatever. I'm a comic. I host the podcast. I do monologues off the top. Humorous, mm -hmm. if I may. The hour, we always go over, sometimes under, but it's never an hour. And, but the comedy part, people get tripped up. I get, you know, people that come in here, they get all nervous, like, oh, do I got to be funny? And then you can never get to the root of things. It, it takes away from it because just like it's hard to look at someone fake smiling, it's so fucking hard to listen to someone trying to be trying funny. To be funny. Yeah. And you can never get to an authentic response. You're like, hey, where are you from? Like, my mother's vagina. It's like, well, that's, we're not, we're not getting <laughs> Shut anywhere. Up, yeah. funny guy. <laughs> yeah. And so I just tell yeah. my guest, I didn't tell you, um, but usually just don't think of that. We're just authentic. People connect to real truth and authenticity and then humor will yeah. happen or whatever. It's an interesting parallel for sure, because it, 
it, if it happens naturally, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You'd like to think those things. You'd like to think that humor happens naturally. Yeah. But uh, same thing with a smile. It's, same it's, thing with smiling. You know, it's got to happen naturally if it does. Yeah. Where, you f- where are you from originally? What were you going to say? And I'll go back to what you were just going to say. Then I'll go to the. Uh, I was going to say I like I'll sometimes prompt people. Oh, yeah. You know, by because sometimes people definitely have that expectation of okay, well, especially in a family portrait, it's like we all have to you know be smiling in this one because grandma and granddad are going to see it, and grandma yeah, and yeah. granddad are going to want smiles. So and that's fine. You know, I, there's a couple of things that I do to try and get people to naturally naturally smile. But uh, what do you do? Like a feather, tickle them with a feather, or like a? Well, I <laughs> no. remember. There's two things. One, well, I get people to look around the room yeah. weird, you know, and then they'll eventually catch on to the fact that I'm not really doing anything and they'll come back to the camera naturally and, and hopefully be smiling. Right. Right. If they don't smile, I usually say like, well, people usually laugh more than this and yeah. that gets a laugh. Or I say something like, look at my crotch and people, right. <laughs> like, but not, not only like you have to be 18 years or older to yeah. get that. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually, some, I interviewed somebody <clears throat> here. Uh, who was it? I can't remember. Maybe Paul Hamsey, somebody, equated uh, our styles to be you know i interview you photograph and they said oh you make me feel really comfortable just like david irvine like when because because that's a hard thing to achieve and that's uh by the way i feel like it's gonna storm outside we're gonna get a light show here in a minute yeah i feel distracted hopefully hopefully this rig over here is grounded (laughs) i hope oh fuck i hope so and there's a giant labradoodle in the backyard there's a lot of distractions happening i feel like we're in the wizard of oz right now just before this whole thing's gonna go up well at least we're gonna go out together julie yeah that's right (laughs) and i'll drink to that but uh yes i think it may have been paul i can't remember but uh, off mic they're like you're just like david irvine where and and that's hard to achieve because i've been in photo shoots for headshots and it's so uncomfortable and you wouldn't expect it you go into photo or photo shoot headshot session whatever it may be and you you don't think you'd be nervous or weird or stiff but all of a sudden you get there and you're so fucking stiff and the person can be i've had photographers that are just completely silent that makes it worse Mm -hmm. you're just so stiff you can't relax but uh, what what techniques do you use to kind of relax people well there's a number depending on on who it is, right? Like you have to read and talk to everybody differently. Um, I think the number one thing that I have going for me though, is that, well, hopefully not the number one thing I have going for me, but I, I'm aware of how awkward and shitty and awful other photographers taking headshots can be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're, we're starting to get ambient noises of wind. (laughs) We are in Oz. We're just above the co- located just above the covered bridge. Yeah, and if right anybody now, hears this, <laughs> yeah, yeah. help send help send uh, Peta yeah. not Peta F- uh, FEMA. I, I don't know. know. Just fucking send somebody who can help. <laughs> <laughs> Please, it does look because it's not even raining yet. Is no, it? it's not. This it's is the prelude to the storm. Oh I think. fuck! I actually do love this kind of weather. Yeah. No. no. Oh shit! Hold on. Oh uh, yep. Well, hold on. We'll be right back. In we'll two be seconds. right back. Yeah. And yes, once again, this episode is brought to you by Cafe 1870, located at 715 Riverside Drive in Wakefield. Be sure to drop by for one of their legendary Caesars. That's right, little little hair the dog action. Nobody does it better than Cafe 1870. Come on in for a full menu every day from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eat in or take out. Come take in some live music every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And of course, home of the legendary open stage every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. I personally have witnessed some true magic moments 
in that place. It's cozy, it's rustic, a little throwback. Truly one of the social cornerstones of this community. Cafe 1870 will be celebrating their 10th anniversary on November 1st. So once again, drop by, have a Caesar, have a beer, enjoy some live music. Cafe 1870, your home away from home. Okay, and we're back now with my guest, David Irvine. <laughs> that was crazy because because of the winds picking up, it sounded like a... Oh, that is a child. Oh, fuck? my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so somebody sent help for that child. Yeah. Like, we're busy, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as far as we're concerned, he's on his own, but uh, we just... Uh, I thought it was the cat because as soon as I heard that child... And you may have heard it, listener, in the, uh, yeah. in the mic because it was just like this. And yeah. then, but at the same time, I saw... <laughs> Our cat run out the backyard, and it's like crazy winds right now, leaves blowing everywhere. And I thought it was the cat that made that noise, so I panicked. Getting eaten by the labradoodle or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, Jesus. the cat's inside now. Ginger's safe. Right. The kid isn't safe. Whoever's child... Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, please address the child yelling and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. You know? He'll I'm figure sure it out. Fine. If not, by the time this comes out, uh, there may have been some sort of local tragedy. <laughs> That we made light of. We'll edit this out. <laughs> we'll Here's, edit that part out yeah. for sure. Here's yeah. the thing. If that kid doesn't survive this part, you'll never hear. But if he makes it, well, you're hearing this. So Next soundbite. Oh, my God, Julian. Let's go. There's a child in trouble. Yeah. Edit that one in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let us save this child, this local child. Yeah. Here we go. So, okay, we were just talking uh, about making people comfortable in photo shoots and, mm-hmm. um, and your awareness that it is uncomfortable for the most part helps you make it comfortable. Right. Right. And because the number one thing that people will say to me is, oh, I've had my photo taken by photographers before and blah, blah, blah. And so if not only experiencing it myself, I'm aware of the fact that people hate having their photos taken. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. But the real trick is to be able to use that to your advantage to make people comfortable. For sure. And, you know, again, you've got tips and tricks and things like that at the time that you're actually taking somebody's photo to make them more comfortable. Right. And, but at the same time, I'm fully aware that it could be the first, very, very first photo that I ever take of somebody or the very last photo I take of somebody, you know? Yeah. Everything in between is just smoke and mirrors. And yeah, like, yeah. You know, theoretically right. having fun. Yeah, usually, yeah, you're right. Usually, yeah, towards the, as the session continues, yeah. they, uh, they're loose, they're comfortable, yeah. and you can sometimes revisit the first kind of pose that you took with them just to have that loose version. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, one time I did a voiceover thing. It was like a training for like a corporate training video or something, and I was hired to do it. And uh, that's the way they do it. They, you do the whole script. It takes like hours to get through it. Mm. And then at the end of the day, they make you redo the first couple pages because by then you're so much looser than when you actually did the first couple pages. You're of all course. tense and, and weird. I knew a photographer in Toronto and he was awesome at making people feel comfortable because he would just talk, regular conversation, but he would start with like, so he'd start, he shot me, and this is how he opens. He'd be like, so, uh, did you ever do any hard drugs? And I'd be like, holy shit. Uh, I, I don't know. He's like, yeah, I've What done, do you consider uh, hard? Yeah. He's like, well, I've, uh, I went through a period of my life where I was doing Special K, and uh, uh, the only thing I've, I haven't tried is meth. And then, okay, that's kind of funny, but you loosen right the fuck up. You go, this guy is just cool. Uh, I just realized that there's a lot of stuff outside. Holy <laughs> moly. pouring yeah. fucking rain. Mainly the cushions that are on the deck. Of anyway, course. whatever. 
Oh, I feel fine. so bad. This is this is your worst interview yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. Another one, another question he asked. He's like, um, he was a super soft-spoken guy. And he's like, have you ever had a threesome? And I was like, Jeepers. no, no. He's like, yeah, I had uh, the opportunity once, but I was married. I didn't do it. But uh, would you? And so, but all wow. of it, the whole time he's taking pictures. And it really, you lower your guard. Oh, my God, there's a fucking monsoon outside. Yeah. We'll remember this day as. Yeah. The day that our house got washed <laughs> down the down We all the went hill. for a ride in the river. Yeah. Where, uh, I, I feel like you'd really have to know your, like, you really have to know your subject, though, about, like, asking those kinds of questions. Right? Yeah. Like, he knew I was you, a comic, you, so. Yeah. You, right. you, as a comedian coming in, I would, mm-hmm. you know you can perhaps ask bolder questions like yeah. hey look at my crotch or something like that for sure did but you just say axe i'm sorry did a- you just say i axe? may have said axe <laughs> <laughs> ask <laughs> i may have said sapporo <laughs> yeah. no, it's fine. um what uh where are you from man uh in a nutshell i was born in st Catharines, ontario okay uh, by niagara right by the niagara yeah uh in 1980 my parents moved us out to High River, Alberta. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, we... Where's that? Is that... Just south of Calgary. Okay. 20 minutes south of Calgary. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah, is that it's, right? I would... If, Outdoorsy? If, if my wife would let me, I'd move back there. Yeah. Like, tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah. It's just... It's lovely. And the mountains. And it's it's amazing. Um, and then we moved to uh, um, St. Thomas, Ontario, which is just south of London. Man, I'm so fucking sorry. You're so distracted. It's totally fine. Should we start over? No, 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 no. We've got really good stuff. (laughs) And I want to keep this thread going. I just, I have this monsoon. I have to go close something outside. All right. Should I go for a smoke while we're at it? Yeah. 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 And yeah, actually you can go right in the front deck. It's covered. That's fantastic. Yeah. We'll be right back right after these words. Yeah. This episode of the Julian Dion Comedy Hour podcast is brought to you by Danny Sivier, chartered real estate broker for Remax. This is your guy. Look no further, everybody. If you're in the La Pache, Chelsea, Gatineau areas, and you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, flip a home, buy a cottage, rent out, anything real estate related, look no further. Go to Danny Sivier. Trust me on this one. Trust me. I've I've gone through Danny. We've used him to buy our new home. And, oh, man, you know, buying a house can be stressful. He takes the stress right out of the equation. He's not pushy. He's not salesy. He makes it super comfortable. Danny Sivier, a broker you can trust, located in the heart of Wakefield for over 30 years. That's right, 30 years of experience in the area. He knows it. He knows these places. He knows the houses. Very, very knowledgeable. He's there for you. He answers his phone, reliable, makes the whole process comfortable. He's a definition of above and beyond, and that's what you want in a realtor. Trust me on this. Don't look anywhere else. Go to Danny Sivier. Go to udawayhomes.com for more information. <laughs> and we're back. All right. Uh, with my guest, David Irvine, photographer.com. Okay, sorry about the distractions. Totally fine. I yeah, got a smoke break out of it, so yeah, I'm fine. There we go. Uh, okay, so we're talking about High River. Right. Yes. And uh, that's where you're. You're. You're from. That's where I St. say I grew Catharines. up. You grew up yeah. there. And then where did you go from there? St. Thomas, Ontario, St. which Thomas. is where my mom is from. Where's that? Just south of London. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, just down the road from Toronto. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then went to Ottawa for university. Uh, my wife, not at the time, but she came up to university in Ottawa as well. Where's she from? 
St. Thomas as well. Okay. I've known my wife for 29 years. Wow. 29 years, yeah. How old are you? I'm 39. Okay. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. Fuck, I thought we were like the same age. How old are you? 21. Fucking no, hell. No, 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 I'm 30. <laughs> Pretty good looking 21 there. <laughs> I'll be uh, 34. 34 in October. Yeah. Uh, actually, next week, the 4th. Oh. But, uh, okay. And... Um, St. Thomas. Yeah, so we you come here for university. Would you study in university? Uh, an honors English degree. Oh yeah. Yeah, which I didn't finish. What was your And I'm proud to say I didn't finish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you anti-establishment? Like fuck that. I am. You know, I have a 15-year-old daughter, and she loves. That's crazy. That you have a 50. You don't look old enough to have a 15-year-old daughter. We started young. Yeah. Which was my wife's idea, mm-hmm. which was pretty fantastic. She mm-hmm. was like, "Let's have them young, so that we're still youngish when, you know, they're gone." Is she your, your oldest, the 15? Did yeah. you say that already? Maybe yeah, you said she's, that. No, I don't think I said that. Okay. She's 15. She is her eldest. Mm-hmm. And then we have a 10-year-old son. Okay, Esme cool. Esme and Hugh. Esme and Hugh? Yeah. Es- oh, nice. Esme and Hugh. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, then we got married in 2001. So we moved back to St. Thomas like most newlywed people do. I was working at Barrymore's at the time in Ottawa. Oh, classic. Yeah. What year would this have been? <clears throat> that was uh, like 90... 98, 99, 2000, 2001, I think I was at, you know, a lot of years. It all blended into one. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, she she was working at uh, Second Cup. We got married and we both essentially said to ourselves, like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And uh, we were like, hey, let's just, you know, move move home for for a couple of months and and kind of... Back to St. Thomas. Back to St. Thomas. Because we we needed a new place. We were staying in some fucking shithole in Sandy Hill third apartment i couldn't i couldn't even third floor apartment i couldn't even stand up straight in it is that right was and it like the uh, attic ish it was or? the attic ish yeah. right? and uh yeah so we were like let's just let's move home for a bit because we almost, couldn't yeah, almost oh yeah sweet i like you yeah man. um yeah so we were like we we need a new place to live we can't do this anymore uh based on our shitty jobs alone we couldn't afford rent in ottawa so we were like let's move home the world's our oyster we can go wherever the fuck we want from there. And then Becky was pregnant. <laughs> so <laughs> so you never actually made the move? We never. No, we moved to St. Oh, Thomas. Oh, you did move. Yeah, okay. We found out there and we never moved from there. Oh, right. Yeah, so. Got it. And, and then, what were you doing in St. Thomas? Oh, fuck everything. Um, Bartending again? or I did some customer service down there. I yeah. sold cars. I was the operations manager for a security company. Um True yeah, artist, so just many, bouncing around, just bouncing trying to around. figure out your yeah. place in the world. I did a bunch of freelance uh, work for the the local paper there. Make photography work. Yeah, photography. So and you were writing into photography well, like so. a, at a young age. Yeah, I I always say like seven seems like the number that really? sticks to my head. What did you have in seven? Like um, a disposable one of those crank, crank camera? Kodak Instamatic things. Oh, it yeah. was one of those rectangular boxes that totally. you you have the roll film and it was. Uh, yeah, and then by the time I was 10, 11 years old, I had my first SLR. Both my grandfathers were photographers. My dad was always a hobbyist as well, but both my grandfathers were photographers. So and what was, drives that passion? Is it that just going through life and seeing things in a different light and going, that'd be a good shot? Are you kind of I, wired to always be looking in a way? Not necessarily consciously, because it's a muscle I'm sure you yeah, develop over time. Yeah, no, it's for sure it is. Um, I think that... Um, at the, at the, at the end of the day, honestly, I think it's, uh, part of it is sometimes you'd like to have other people see how you see things, right? you know, and, uh, and just to throw it out there and have other people interpret it the way that they would like to 
see it as well. You know what I mean? Like it's, totally. uh, it's interesting. I think it's maybe at the end of the day, it's a bit narcissistic as well. But uh, if I said that word right, narcissistic. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Um, but yeah, you know, you you want to, at the end of the day, we all have a story to tell in, in one way or the other. And uh, photography is, you know, other people looking at my stuff is. Yeah. And you can really, yeah. pictures you can interpret in a million different ways. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And you said you also did some writing. I mean, that's where your English major comes into play, I guess. Yeah. And what kind of writing did you do for the newspaper? Oh, it was... <laughs> like, like columns or... Uh, yeah, journal? columns. Yeah. I did lifestyle. I did uh, sports. I did everything. It was a it was a pretty small paper, mm-hmm. you know, and it was... Uh, so it was whatever they sent me on to... To do my city edit city editor's name funny story was wayne newton no way yeah it was always funny it was <laughs> not like, of the vegas it's like dude who the fuck were your parents come on <laughs> <laughs> like, come on who names their child wayne newton other than wayne newton's parents right. you know? <laughs> right, right, right. anyways he was a super cool guy but yeah, he would he would send me out like i'd have to drive four fucking hours to write a hundred words on something and take a picture and i'd end up making i think four dollars at the time is that right actually like not even exaggerating not even exaggerating it was awful it was terrible and uh so i think it was uh it was probably about that time esme our daughter was not that old and it was like yeah i gotta go out and get a job because this this isn't going to do anything, even though that was what I really wanted to do. I really wanted to, to write articles and I really wanted to take pictures for those articles. Just not for like a small, just not for a small pittance. No, I I worked for a small newspaper in sales, like a really small newspaper back home. And, uh, cause I took sales and marketing and, and, um, school and then in college. And then this was one of my first jobs. And this guy had promised me, it was like ad sales, basically. Mm. And I'd go around and, again, shit, super small publication. And the guy promised me a certain amount of money. And it was like, all right, for, you know, 18, 19 years old, whatever I was. And it was straight sales, outside sales. It was in my car. So I was like, whatever. And the first few weeks of doing it, every two weeks, I would get a paycheck for like $336. So like 160 bucks a, a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm working and I'm paying my gas and my phone bill and... The, and then I asked uh, someone at the newspaper, another salesperson, I'm like, do you, is this like a good paying job or whatever? And she's like, no. She's like, nine, well, she's like, $9,000 a year is not that bad or whatever. So I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. And uh, I was such a pussy. I couldn't just quit. I had to do it like as the most passive aggressive way possible. So I secretly just cleared my desk one day. It was like a, f- I don't wow. know. I don't know what day. I don't even think it was a Friday. Maybe midweek. And I just, every day I would clear some of the stuff. And I remember one day leaving and the secretary, who she was awesome, she goes, are you dying? What's happening? Why is your desk so clean? What are you doing? Whatever. I'm like, ha ha, whatever. And I leave. And I had left the key to the office in there. The next day, it's supposed to be in the office at like 8 or 9 a.m. every day. The next day at like 11, I get a phone call from like the quote publisher and he's like, uh, or the editor, he's like, uh, are you okay? Did you, yeah, I didn't get a phone call in sick or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not coming in again. And he fucking lost his mind. Anyway, there's no end to that story other than I've worked for a shit <laughs> publication awful. and it was awful and it made no money. So and when you decided, you know, you, you have a daughter now and you have to make uh, real money, what, uh, what did you go do at that point? <clears throat> Excuse me. At that point, I was uh, um, I responded to an ad in the paper about being a security guard. 
and yeah, speaking of shit pay, that was the worst. Is that right? Yeah, the worst hours that you could possibly work, um, plus, uh, you know, shit pay. It was awful. It was terrible. But um, I was, I think within nine months, this this is the state of the contract security industry, within nine months, just because I'm like an okay worker, I was the operations, operations manager like. for the fucking branch in <laughs> London, Ontario. And was that and a was, bump in pay? A considerable it was bump? a bump in pay, but it was, you know, like 40 grand a year on salary, but you're basically on call 24 hours a day. And right. I did that for four years before, you know, I was either going to quit or slit my wrists. Yeah. Were you doing photography and, on the side uh, at, at that point? Like yeah, for any well, sort of money? Was, I mean, obviously you were not always... For, not for money, no. no. Not for money, no. It was... Um, yeah, it was always just a hobby. And uh, so I, I left my operations manager. This is fun. This is really fun to walk down memory lane. <laughs> I, uh, I left that position to go sell cars in Elmer, Ontario. I'd never sold a fucking thing in my Why life before. Elmer? Because it was like closer than London. It was, oh, shit. I was you know, thinking Elmer, oh, Quebec. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, not no, Quebec, Ontario. No. Right. Elmer, yeah, Ontario, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was like 15 minutes away from where I was living at the time. Got it. Went to sell cars. I fucking sucked at it. It was awful. Which they, part? The negotiating part? Or the <laughs> every, I, somebody would walk in and be like, oh, I like that car. It fits my budget. And I'm like, don't buy that car. It's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> like it's, it's like, they're going to want me to sell you warranty on it. And that fucking warranty is not going to cover anything. So, yeah. The um, honest sales. You know, and it was awful. <laughs> and like every month they'd come, they'd sit down with me. Like, well, your sales suck. And I'm like, of course they do. Meanwhile, I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'll try harder. And yeah, 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 yeah. So that lasted not very long. And it was my wife that was like, hey, shit or get off the pot with this photography thing. She's like, you've been doing it. Like, stop taking photos for other people for free. She recognized yeah. your talent in there. And, and I think saw so. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to think so. But what, what kind of ph photography were you doing for free? Like headshots and stuff for friends and family? Friends or? and family for like, I, I think at that point I'd done a couple of weddings. Uh, my Is a wedding my stressful? I fucking, I, I mean, I love weddings. Um, <laughs> but I'm, yeah. Uh, weddings are, I've never been a wedding photographer and people are always like, oh, you, well, you, you're a wedding photographer? I'm like, no, I'm not. Because yeah. wedding photographers are much better at shooting weddings than I am. Is that right? What, what makes a good wedding photographer? Uh, somebody who um, somebody who likes being <laughs> at a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not that I don't like being at a wedding. I would prefer to be at the wedding as a, as a guest, I guess. Well, um, I imagine the pressure. Know. I mean, they're going to look at those pictures forever. Yeah. Well, until the divorce, the inevitable divorce. Yeah. Uh, no, but they're going to look at those pictures. I mean, forever. They're going to hang them up. They're going to have albums. They're going to show them, share them with people. And that's, I, I imagine that's one of the higher pressure situations as a photographer, as far as the expectation from it. And they want you to shoot every fucking thing. Every and fucking thing. Like, oh, yeah. he's tying his shoe. Get that. Get that. Yeah. That's a good picture uh, yeah take a picture of this take a picture yeah. of that. oh isn't that cute take a picture of this and it's like don't you want to feel if you, like if saying, you hadn't already done it it's right. like okay i'll take another picture of it <laughs> because you saw it and i have to do it now right, you know? right. but I've, you know, it's it's a really it's, um i love the people that's the thing like i love people i get along with people really well i think for the most part um the real thing about me and weddings is that as a photographer every single wedding no matter what the people are wearing or no matter what they do, everything is the same. Everybody still walks down the aisle. Everybody still yep. says, I do, and kiss. And Everybody gets a picture of know, all the so groomsmen jumping in the air. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's, it's funny, actually. Um, the, I, what I'm calling the last wedding that I'm ever going to shoot in my life, which uh, this last week, uh, last Saturday, and uh, 
everybody's like, oh, let's jump in the air. And I'm like, I'm just not that guy. Mm-hmm. Not that guy. Going back to what we were talking before, it's like if that shit happens naturally because you had too much bud, sure, I'll take, yeah, I'll yeah. take the photo. But, yeah. you know, it, it, I'm not that guy that's going to be like, okay, everybody jump now and so that we can get this photo, you know. And so that's why I've only ever done like three or four because I'm pretty upfront with customers off the top. Is like I'm not the guy that's going to, haul you over to the red bridge and take your photo there and I'm not going to make you jump because yeah, yeah, yeah. if those are the photos you want somebody else can do that better than me it's almost like you're a purist you're like that's <clears throat> hack next yeah I, I i guess um you know what yeah you're right yeah yeah i just I, I i somebody else can do it it's the same thing with newborn babies like i can't fucking take a good photo of a newborn baby because <laughs> right? they're just like all like they're just a thing sitting on a you know and i don't put them on feather yeah. things i don't put moons behind them I don't, you know i, yeah, don't, yeah, I don't do that shit because i i don't i don't i don't do that type of photography well and you know i think that's maybe what i don't know this do you is, think part this of is going to sound i'm really self-deprecating but this is going to sound really cocky of me i actually think that that's what makes me an okay photographer right is that i don't try to do that anymore and i don't try to i don't put babies into buckets and Put butterfly wings on them i love how you say this is gonna make me sound uh cocky and you're like i'm all right i'm like passable <laughs> well, i'm gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah like, well yeah no, no but do you think did you get that done with your kids like those pictures <laughs> or whatever or did you do them yourself or did you do any of that kind it's of stuff funny the worst photos that i've i've ever seen of my family and i were ones that i tried to take at christmas one time when our daughter was just small it was awful I think I used a yellow gel on a flash to make it <laughs> different. It was terrible. <laughs> the second worst photo that I've ever had was at Walmart. Is that right? Yeah. And although at the portrait studio there. At the portrait studio. Yeah. The uh the only redeeming factor of that whole photo shoot was that my daughter was so gosh darn cute. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh but yeah, no, I I always yeah, thought those were just reserved for uh, drunk college kids to go into Walmart and get their picture taken. Like, <laughs> Fuck, uh, I wish I had that experience. That would have been fun. Yeah, that would have been yeah. a lot of fun. Um, and it's kind of like... Uh, 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 I, lo- I completely lost my train of thought. It's fine. What, uh, what was that first gig, that uh, first kind of paid gig? Hmm. Like when your <coughs> wife goes, you need Shit, to start doing pleasure. this. Oh, um, it was a, uh, it was a, actually a, a shop in, uh, Elmer, Ontario. I can't remember the name of the store, but it was like a, an, why Elmer Quebec? No, I'm just kidding. Elmer, right. yeah, the whole thing again. Why the fuck were you driving? <laughs> so, um, it was, uh, it was a clothing store in, uh, in Elmer and that it was like, like merchandise, yeah, merchandise shooting. and stuff. And it was take yeah. a, take a picture of this. And it was like wait a minute here, I think I can actually legitimize what I'm doing. For sure, and especially at that point, you know? because companies will, they have more budgets than maybe, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and uh, a private citizen. Private citizen. Private citizen. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> a civilian. <laughs> a civilian, <laughs> a normal person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that was kind of where I think that, it was definitely a bit of motivation to, to be like, hey, there's a, this could be a thing. Like, down in southern Ontario, and going back to weddings for a second, it was like, okay, I'm going to shoot every wedding I can possibly get. And I'd get a phone call and be like, what can you do for $200? And it's like, well, yeah. I can pretty much hang up the phone at this point. Cause yeah. it's like, you know, it just, you can't do it. Oh my God. And, and it's it an was, all day thing for weddings. Yeah, especially. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a lot of work for, for almost nothing. Right. Yeah. Because there's no, 
there's there's no reward out of it either, right? Like it, it's not like, um, you know, somebody actually gives a fuck about the wedding photos, right? You know, and I know that sounds really mean, but um, at the end of the day, I'll deliver the photos, and they'll be like, "Thanks," you know. It's like, well, do, yeah, do yeah. you like the photos? Oh, well, yeah, they're they're okay, you know. It's like, right? Well, even though you can think as a person that was a really really good shoot i really did well and but it's like oh i'm more concerned about other things yeah, than yeah. my wedding photos you know maybe that's something that they come to appreciate over you know what 10 if, years later but i'm sure they do i'm sure that's one of those things that <clears throat> they do appreciate when you're not around yeah. like well after the fact but what if what if you did get like a huge paycheck for because in Toronto, there's these. Uh, I had approached these um, wedding planners to like MC because you don't necessarily have to know the people to MC. MC yep, is yep. you know just to keep the night rolling along, do the job that most people don't want to do, whatever. So I had approached these uh, wedding planners, and there's some that like there's a couple wedding planning agencies in Toronto specifically that only deal with weddings that have budgets of a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand dollars or more. Wow. So. That's insane. That's fucking crazy. So would you do like a wedding like that if they're like, here's 12 grand for the day? Oh my God. You know, I like money. There's yeah. no doubt about it. You know, it puts food on the table. But, um, fuck, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck, yes, I would. The reason but, I ask is I have 12 grand here. Okay, like well, fantastic. <laughs> I like that. Um, but... You know, as much as I would like a $12,000 paycheck, I would go back to the fact that I, there are other photographers that take better wedding photos than I do. Right. You know, it's taken a long time to realize, I think, what I do okay, <laughs> you know? And it, like it's, you mentioned earlier, it's like a muscle. It's something, you know, it, and it is. It's something that you have to constantly work at. So for me to focus on one thing is going to benefit for me, sure you know and it's and if i get if I, you know and i don't want to focus on on weddings so for sure yeah. and, and it's ultimately going to make you a better photographer slash artist even though you don't like that term uh knowing what you're good at and knowing what to refuse and say no to yeah. because some people just take everything and be mediocre at everything at least this way you can focus on a couple things and knock those things right out of the fucking park you know yeah and that's what i'm kind of hoping to do for sure. Do so you still do merchandising stuff? Like, is that something you like? I actually, yeah, I do a lot of product photography, which is a lot of fun. Um, I get a number of different like commercial contracts through the year, which is, I think, what um, helps the rest of the business continue. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm a portrait guy at heart, for sure. But uh, there's always something that you have to do to make sure that what you want to do carries on. And, you know, I think that uh, I'm diversified enough that that I can... I can continue to like and love what I do for rather sure rather than be like, Oh fuck, this is a job. I can't take a photo of my kids anymore because <laughs> yeah. it's like as soon as the day ends, it's like, I'm kind of sick of taking photos. It's kind of like the chef. But I still love it. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the shoeless cobbler or whatever it is. Right. You know, and all that stuff. Those gigs like uh, product photography, are they, cause they pay handsomely. I imagine. Are they in a way less artistically, um, uh, fulfilling than say something you do at your studio where you have full creative uh, uh, freedom? Uh, that depends entirely on the client for sure. Right. You know, it's, it's client driven product photography is client driven. Um, what they need either if it's, it also depends on the number of things that you're taking photographs mm -hmm. of, right? 
if there has to be a consistency between all the photos because you're populating a website or whatever it is, you know, there has to be something between say 500 images that are all the same. So it's that consistency. Yeah. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe just a particular season of something that they are trying to showcase and then it's like full artistic control and it's, it's cool. But collaboration is key, right? So right. you have to be able to work with the client. And then when people come to your studio, is, uh, is it still up to the client as much or do you have a little more creative license to go, trust me, this will be, I want to try this? Because <laughs> do, do they kind of go, I'm in your hands, do this? Or do they come, even though they have no experience with photography, go, I want to do this and that? From a, from like a product perspective or from a portrait per- portrait or, just a person going yeah, to your studio. Yeah, just a person. Yeah, I think that uh, um, what I like to do is um, you know say hey, if you need a headshot, that's fantastic. We'll get that, and then within however much time we're spending together is to be able to work through a number of different things and provide all of that to the right. customer. And you know, so it's it's a matter of again collaboration right so if they come in saying i need this classic headshot for because i'm a i need to put it on my business card or whatever that's fantastic we'll do that but hey like while you're here let's work through a couple of other things and maybe that one will work out better yes so for example so, the lady that's upside down in the door frame topless yes, is right. that your idea or hers um that one was more hers what she said i think and that goes back quite a few years which is funny um but uh, yeah, she was like, I would like to do something like this because I think she was into yoga or something like that, probably. <laughs> you know, yeah. who, who isn't other than me? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I was like, all right, well, let's try this. And, you know, so just a matter of talking it out and working through it. So the first time you shoot somebody that takes her top off, are you uncomfortable? <clears throat> like the first ever time oh, that ever yeah. happened? Super uncomfortable. And at that point, you're not coaching them to be comfortable and loose. You're kind of coaching yourself in a way. Yeah, you're super uncomfortable. And because you don't want to be a perv, you don't want to come across yep. at the very least, yeah. uh, like even the slightest as a person. So, how do you do that? It's, in the industry, there's a thing known as GWCs. Um, which is guys with cameras. Okay. And if you go on to any, like, fuck, follow it on Facebook, Facebook uh, photography group or something, like, there's a lot of pictures that these guys like to share with, like, they're basically a guy with a camera that's taking photos of a girl unclad, right? And it's, like, it's offensive, um, you know? So the most uncomfortable thing for me, photographing somebody in that position or with their shirt off is 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 like okay i'm not that guy right i'm not that guy that just wants to see your titties you know yeah yeah uh, and i love boobs don't get me wrong how do you establish that like do you just always look at them right in the eye the whole time do you uh when they're uh do you throw away a line when they're taking off their top like i just could care less about tits like what how do you (laughs) (laughs) no because that would be lying and i can't lie (laughs) (laughs) um no, it's yeah. honestly, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to describe because it, it really is depending on the person. Right? Yeah, and you are in but, this position of but, authority where they will just take, the, not all of them, but they, they, they trust you, they, right? They There's have this, to trust me. And that, right. all that happens before you're actually taking their photo, right? Like there, there hasn't been a 20-minute session yet where somebody gets naked because I don't, I wouldn't be comfortable, in yeah. that, right? Unless you already know the person, unless right. there's some kind of history there, but... You know, for somebody who's coming in for like who wants to go upside down in a door frame, like that takes a lot of work to get to that point. Yeah. You know, because you have to I have to be comfortable 
like, yes, they do. She does. But I have to be comfortable doing it too, right? Because otherwise the photos are going to suck and I wouldn't be happy with that. Yeah, and for sure. At the end of the day, you know, I don't know. Geez, at the end of the day, I'm not seeing necessarily the boobs. Like you see the boobs, but I'm seeing more like how the light is falling or how right. compositionally, you know, at least that's what I like to, to think. And yeah. I think I, I think that does happen. You yeah, know? yeah. But, uh, but still, yeah, I like. It just I, becomes I like work. Yeah, it, like yeah it becomes work. Yeah. <laughs> and how does that work? Do they uh, do they excuse themselves, go in another room, come back with a towel, and then just let the towel just down <laughs> for the shot, or do they just strip down right in front of you? Like, and I'm not asking from a pervy standpoint. I'm just curious of how yeah. these things go because there has to be that and trust and that yeah, professionalism I, I, and yeah, that. I give that, I give them the option. It's yeah. like I can step out, or there's that room over there, or I can wear a welder's so. mask the whole time. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, and of course, like when when it's actually happening at the time, it's not like I'm staring locked in or anything. You know, it's because at the end of the day, I'm still trying to. Trying to provide a service. You show and, all the proofs and it's just yeah. like boob pictures. Just like, like, Whoops, zoomed yeah. in too much. <laughs> yep. Or there's yeah, just no. one in there mixed in like, oh shit. Uh, <laughs> personal files. Get, yeah. personal, <laughs> personal files. Just trying no, to get the lighting on that one. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah. So, no, no personal files. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, let it be heard here. There's no personal pervy files. This is no GWC. This is a real P. <laughs> yeah. It's real P. Yeah. Photographer. Um the so you start kind of shooting things here and there you're still in St. Thomas at that point yeah yeah you're a security guard or operations manager a security firm <laughs> and uh, at what point uh, when do you come back on these parts how do you make your way to Wakefield and how do you make photography your main thing that you can go I have kids and a wife but I can quit my job for yeah. now at least so i uh, what happens is um my sister who owns cafe yes uh, opens or buys the bar the same year that i opened my photography business and i still remember the words clear as day she's like oh you could be like a minor come up like a, not a minor like underage but a, like a minor you go away for a couple of weeks and yeah, you not come, a minor and you, a minor minor, <laughs> minor yeah. yeah so yeah she's like you can uh you know come up work for a week at a time, whatever it is, and uh, make some money while you're trying to start your business down there. And what's the haul? Seven hours from it's about seven hours. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I would do. And in a to make a really long story short, I ended up getting more contracts and more work up here. I met Claude Houdon, who uh, works at Transport Canada and is a good customer at the cafe. And he's like, I know what you're doing. Do you want to come? shoot some stuff for transport Canada, which was awesome. And those oh, were actually some of the best years of my life because I got to fly in helicopters and I was going to ask what kind of stuff of do you shoot? Like uh, landscape stuff yeah, or planes, trains, automobiles, boats, wow. everything. So That's they were cool. basically photos for like safety manuals and things. Yeah. But they honestly, they flew me coast to coast and it was wow. some, of, some of the best. And years you still of my do life. work with them? No, I think, uh, no, I don't. Mm. It's, uh, those contracts just kind of dried up. Yeah, I think either because of Harper or because government started to just employ people that they already had hired to take photos of of things. So, yeah, but it, and it was the same thing with foreign affairs. Um, a number of things, just you know, it's like a cell phone can bloop, take the picture. And I was going to say, do you find that technology has watered down the industry where people, everybody thinks they're a yeah. goddamn photographer now? Yeah, it. I I do believe. Uh, that there is that thing, which makes it more difficult. Right. Um, but uh, at the same time, if what I'm producing 
doesn't set me apart from that, then that's my fault. You know, so if 7 billion people on this planet all have cameras and even if they have the same camera that I do, if I can't separate myself from all those people, then that's my fault, not theirs. And and like, even like you said, the camera that you have, because now... Like everyone has a really good camera. I remember my first digital camera. Digital camera was a three point two megapixel, mm-hmm. and now it's in your phone is a twelve. It's nuts. That didn't even exist yeah. back then. Like I'm talking two thousand one, two. Yep. The best camera you could get was a five. If you got a five megapixel, it was like whoa. Not I, obviously you can get uh, uh, the. Uh, DSLR DSLRs yeah. and stuff but I mean just yeah. like a classic consumer a digital point camera and shoot, go out point and, get and shoot it. Yeah. the best of that was 5 megapixel yeah. and uh, but now you can get crazy cameras for a fraction of the price that you could 5 10 years ago yeah so, no it's nuts so people get these crazy cameras with these crazy lenses and they think they're photographers and they and don't know how to use them is there a lot of uh, amateur photographers that try to have a go at this that then in turn end up undercutting real photographers and end up hurting the business? I I think there is. I don't, myself personally, I don't have firsthand experience. Like my customers, clients, they don't come back and say, oh, I've hired this person because they're cheaper. It's, you know, by the time anybody talks to me, they've already committed, I think, to, to coming in and, you know, we're going to work together. For sure. Know? So um, I think though that, just going by what is out in the world, you can see that there's, you know, again, like go back to the GWCs, right? Like I feel sorry for people that trust those people. Yeah. Um, you know, you can go to any uh, forum, you can go to a number of different websites and um, as pompous as it sounds to say it, you know that it's not, the quality isn't, isn't for there. sure. Like they, well, the quality technically might be there because they're shooting with a fairly expensive camera, but the shit that actually makes photography, it's not there. You know? Right. The eye, the the gift, the yeah. talent, that's where it comes Something, in. Yeah. I mean, you have a lifetime of doing this since you were seven. So yeah. obviously you can't, le- you can't learn that or teach that. That's something that you have, a, you know, you have your whole life. It's like that 10,000 hour thing. You've, you've, yeah. you've put in the time. I think so. Someone that gets a good piece of uh, hardware isn't going to necessarily match up. Hopefully yeah, I not. I think, I think a lot of people have that expectation. I'm not sure why anybody would want to go out and spend $1,000 on something and think that they can just do it. You know, like I wouldn't go out and buy a, a $1,000 guitar and just assume that I can pick it right. up and play it. Yeah, you know? like, good point. I don't understand why, why that happens. I think there's maybe a romanticism to photography, but I think it's very romantic to be able to play the guitar. Like For sure, I've yeah. tried that, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I tried it and I failed and moved on. But yeah. uh, um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's a tough one. Like I don't, I'm very fortunate, I think, because I don't have to deal with that anymore. I don't have to deal with that and if again if i'm losing business to it i don't ever have to experience it firsthand right when i first started my business yes i was experiencing it all the time it was it was it was tough and uh down in southern ontario it was uh fanshawe college was producing like 600 photographers a month or a a semester 
you know, and all of those people were coming out of school saying, I can do anything for you for free. And that was, yeah, that was really difficult. For sure. But, uh, and when did you, uh, when did you make the move from part-time Wakefielder, a minor to a oh, full-timer? Right. Sorry, we got distracted there. No, no worries. Um, it was, it was all in the same. By the time I moved to Wakefield, the photography business was implanted for sure. And I was still working at the cafe, which I still am today because it's, uh, it's awesome. It is. Uh, uh, yeah, Cafe 1870, like, which every musician that's been on as part of Wakefield Sessions has brought up the cafe, the open mic, Louis. It's been like yeah, it, literally yeah, no, everybody. So it is. It is. It's uh, an anchor in the community. It is an sure. anchor and people will know what you're talking about. Yeah. And you're still there. And now you're doing uh, sessions out of your studio, which is just above the cafe. Yeah. It's kind Con- of full conveniently circle. located. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. My almost, almost my entire life happens on that corner and I'm super happy about it. Like it's, it's a, it's a great corner. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at the, uh, fuck, I can't believe I'm uh, such an idiot. I, I didn't plug my laptop in and we're at 2%, but that just, I was, um, was going to say like you hadn't hit record yet. Or? Yeah. No. Can you imagine? Oh <laughs> can my you imagine? fuck. That's a nightmare. All right. That's a good, that's a good cue though. We should wrap this yeah. up. 2% left. We're screwed. Are you happy? This was good. Yeah, this is fantastic. I gotta I, say, you knocked it out of the park. Did I? Jeez. Yeah, I, I, don't, like, I don't even know what I said. I don't remember. I I'm feel so like nervous. maybe you had trepidations at first, not knowing exactly where this <laughs> yeah. was gonna go. But you uh, covered it. You got exact. I got exactly. You gave me exactly what I was looking for, and you grasped exactly uh, my vision for Wakefield sessions. So, David Irvine, thank you so much. Go to davidirvinephotographer.com. You know how to spell Irvine. I R V I N E. You know how to spell David and photographers. So do yourself a favor. Go to Dur- David Dervin, Dervine, David Irvine, photographer.com. If you're in the Ottawa, Gatineau, La Peche. Any uh, 64 countries. Any of the 64 countries that are hearing this all over the world, get a plane ticket, come down. I also travel, though. I should let you know that. I, oh, yeah, I, you do. I, I travel anywhere. Okay. Yeah. All right. If, by the way, there's some downloads in Mexico, uh, Australia. Afghanistan. If you're listening to this in Afghanistan, if you're one of the two listeners, uh, hire David to come and um, and uh, shoot you. Photograph with his camera. Christ. Uh. <laughs> All right, David. And <laughs> cut. <laughs> we'll edit that part out. No, we'll edit in twice. It'll be repeated twice. Uh, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. And watch your head. It's such a beautiful waste of time and there it is another one in the books thanks to my guest david irvin although i'm pretty sure it's irvine but he he wins this one david irvin and thanks to you for listening always you i appreciate you remember to like the facebook page.com slash jd comedy hour follow on instagram and twitter at jd comedy hour thank you so much wakefield sessions continues tomorrow with Jay Sinha and Chantal Plamadon from lifewithoutplastic.com. It's a good one. Wakefield Sessions. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. And as always, watch your head. A waste of time. A waste of time. Wandering eyes and itching feet. I'm just a thin, nervous shadow walking backwards down a street. The landing's bitter, but the following is all oh, so sweet. It's just a waste of time. A beautiful waste of time. It's just a waste of time. 
Yes, thank you. Dude, you nailed it. Was it all right? Fucking awesome. Are you kidding me? Cool. That was exactly what... Was what uh, so easy, man. That was totally you. Good. That was uh, honestly one of the most, uh, I think, humbling things that has happened to me today is that somebody like Paul or anybody would say like... Yeah. You know, that you make somebody comfortable and yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. I'm know, pretty sure it was, was Paul, but it was somebody that came for one of the yeah. interviews and said that I'm almost it certain it was Paul. I had no idea what to expect other than maybe we were going to have a conversation and that's awesome. So Good, man. Can you do me a favor? Hold on. Let me I plug can do in whatever my, you like. Let me plug in my thing. I need to get an ID for me. By the way, this is a blind little George. Yes, he's so adorable. How are you doing? You got up on here. 